Welcome to Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Terry. How are you, sir? Good. Excellent. Jeff, today we're going to be talking about um, plans and savings for education, something that I think is very, very important for us to talk about and uh, bring to our listeners. That's for sure. So according to the Wall Street Journal, the average college graduate has student loan debt of over $37,000. And as a group, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York says that it's over $1.3 trillion. You know, this student loan debt is really affecting new graduates' ability to start their lives and even buying a home. A lot of these things are being delayed because they have a large student loan debt. Sure. Starting a college savings plan can help reduce this debt um, and help the student loan crisis. So other than taking out loans, Jeff, what can students and parents do to save for college um, and maybe even save some money on taxes? The biggest thing is to start early. The IRS really gives you two ways to be able to save for college on a pre-tax or on a, on a, on a tax-deferred kind of basis. The first one is an education savings account, sometimes called an ESA. What the ESA says is you can put up to $2,000 per child into an account. Now you don't get a tax deduction for this, but you do get to put the $2,000 away. This amount grows tax-free as long as those funds are used for college. The disadvantage is, is that you have to fit within certain income limits in order to, to take advantage of this plan, and that these funds must be used by the age of 30. But it is nice because you can transfer this to other family members. Okay. Um, what if they don't use it by the age 30? Does that money just go away? It does. It actually, uh, what happens is, is that money has to come out and then you have to pay taxes on it as it comes out. Okay. Um, along with potential penalties. Okay. But the other thing that you can do, Terry, is you can set up, and these are becoming more popular, 529 plans. 529 plans are state-sponsored plans with much higher contribution limits. Each state kind of has their own, but you can put significantly more dollars into a 529 plan. Once again, after-tax dollars is what gets put into here. Now, some states, like Wisconsin, will allow a tax deduction for some of the money that you put into these states. So although you don't get a federal tax benefit for it, at least you get a partial state benefit for it. These funds grow tax-free, and if used for college expenses, what you're really saving is the tax on that growth along the way. For 529 plans, there's no income limitation, so anybody can do it. You can do it. Your parents can do it. Grandparents can do it, which is really nice. And this also can be transferred to other family members, and it doesn't have that age 30 limitation. So what kind of education expenses um, can these plans actually pay for? Pretty much everything that you can think of for school. It can pay for tuition and fees. It can pay for room and board, including food. Now, you have to be at least a half-time student in order to have the room and board and food be an expense. And also, it doesn't matter if you live on campus or off campus. The only thing is if you live off campus, the amount that you can deduct is limited to what you would have paid if you lived on campus. And then also other things like books, supplies, equipment, and you can actually use um, this fund to reimburse yourself for computers. So if okay. a child needs a computer going into school, including software, that can be used also. Now, there are certain things that it can't be used for. It can't be used to pay your student loans, and it can't be used for travel expenses as you're bringing your child to and from school. 
But there are other ways that you can pay for college above and beyond the education savings account in 529, and that's obviously scholarships. We talk to people quite often about having their child's part-time job as they're a junior and senior in high school is to be to apply for scholarships because that is another beneficial way to pay for school. And of course, there's always gift from parents and working. You don't have to pay taxes on scholarships as an income, do you? That's correct, as long as your scholarships are not more than your tuition. Obviously, if, you're, if you have scholarships and your tuition and some of these other costs are less than that, then that difference is generally taxable. Okay. Um, Jeff, great information, great ways uh, and advice for parents and families to start saving money, um, grandparents to help grandkids go to college. How do they get a hold of Hawkins Ash CPAs? Sure. You can visit our website, which is hawkinsashcpas.com, or follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Awesome. Jeff, thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Learn more online at hawkinsashcpas.com. Hawkins Ash CPAs, part of your business, part of your life.